Yay. <laughs> that was touch for a sinking sound. <laughs> I like mine better. I'm just like, yay, sound. Mm. Alright, so I am Matt Ralston. I am Latif Ula. And this is the No Name Podcast, because we don't have a name yet, but we're going to name it later we're on. We're working on it. We're yeah. working on it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so basically, we just want to do this because... We made our first micro-budget feature, and there's a lot of articles and interviews and podcasts out there that'll tell you how to make low-budget, micro-budget films, but in making one, I found that they were mostly from people that had already had a significant uh, step ahead in the industry. It didn't come from people that had never really done anything so the advice they would give would be on a much broader scale than what we really needed to make this film so basically I, I went up to Latif here and I just said like let's make this podcast and just document and go over and explain everything we did right from pitching to you know completing the movie we still haven't gone through marketing or whatnot it's in competition and film festivals but I just wanted to basically give something to anyone who wanted to listen and tell them, you know, hey, this is how we made a micro-budget feature and, you know, you guys can do it too. Well, it just started with uh, thinking about what we could really do and what story you could tell in a kind of different way. And one thing, like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of party movies. I think most of them suck, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they suck because they're kind of unrealistic, like, you know they'll always have grandiose things and houses being set on fire and like while crazy shit does happen at parties it, the one thing that i always remembered that you got out of partying was when you were all like loaded at 3 a.m and you would have these strange little philosophical talks with all your friends and you would never have them while you're sober and that's the stuff that really sticks with you like sure you remember the the shenanigans and you talk about them but really like you kind of discover yourself in a way through those like drunken talks and uh yeah that's how i wanted to approach it and i thought it was something that a party movie had never or i had never seen done properly mm -hmm. so that was basically the initial idea and uh, i pitched that to you what in like 2016 yeah 2016. And <laughs> may of 2016 then we went on to shoot it the very next year which was crazy yeah we made it really fast we i pitched it to latif in may and then we went through writing, we were casting in September, and then we shot late January, so from like initial pitch, like not even having written a word to shooting was probably only seven months? Seven months, yeah. So it was really, really quick, <laughs> but it worked out in the end. Yeah, from having the idea in your head to like actually pitching it to people and, and like getting like things together, like what was your process? nervousness <laughs> your process was nervousness yeah i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either like you're thinking of idea and like at that time we hadn't really like we coming from me like i had produced a few shorts uh i had never really directed i'd written a whole bunch but nothing that had ever been made so getting to a point where it was like i have this idea and i know we can do it for a small budget you know, how do I pitch this? And it, it, it starts to hit you that you're like, hey man, like in this case, if Latif likes it, you're going to have to write and direct this. Like, are you ready for that? <laughs> so kind of ironing out as much as you could in your head before going and pitching it to you. I don't remember 
what I said in the first pitch to you. I remember, or I assume it must have been something along the lines of what I just said here. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you can almost use that nervousness in a certain sense to, like, you know, get your shit in the gear. <laughs> True. Yeah. When I, when I pitched it to you, what did you think? Yeah, what did you see in your head, I guess? Look, I was a cinematographer on the film, so, like, when I jump onto a project, I, I'm super, like... I need to know what it looks like right away. So tell me what films you see in your head. So Matt was like, Days and Confused, a couple other films. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go watch those films. A lot of Richard Linklater. <laughs> a lot of Linklater. I love Linklater, by the way. Hey, it's great. But like, the style automatically was natural. Don't over-stylize it. Keep it very simple. No huge camera movements. No huge camera movements. No like crazy jib movements and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Make it about the people, the conversations. And I was like, okay, we can totally do that. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I was like, but we got to light it all this way or that way. And Matt's like, okay. And then he starts writing the script. And like, when I say that, it gives him the freedom to like do whatever he wants. Oh my God, the cat's near the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I got this podcast is brought to you by cats. <laughs> We're filming in my house. So my cat almost knocked over the camera. Um, yeah, I remember one thing like early on first talks of how it was going to look. We said that we didn't want any crazy camera movements very much, just we wanted to the camera and the audience to feel like a person in that party. So like if you're in a party, you're not going to like run around doing crazy shit. If you look through <laughs> your eyes, you're basically just like sitting there watching people talk or talking yourself. Exactly. Um, and I remember another thing I had said was um, it would be really cool, like we shot the entire thing in my house. Right. So with lighting i didn't want flags and lights everywhere i wanted to be walk be able to walk into a room and like do a 360 if we wanted to without seeing film equipment and whatnot it wasn't that big of a challenge like we tested a lot of stuff yeah um, like we we did pre-lighting yeah which was great mm-hmm. do you outline when you write or like what is, what is your process for yeah, like getting yeah I had this, <laughs> you probably remember this i bought Oh, the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah the whiteboard. Okay, so tell the whiteboard story, because it's funny. <laughs> I bought this, uh, like, eight-foot by four-foot giant piece of wood, and then went out and got a whole bunch of whiteboard material and made this absurdly huge whiteboard that took up, like, half my house. My wife almost killed me. It was great. <laughs> and uh, it was we knew from the start it was going to be an ensemble movie, right? Yeah. So I knew from writing it, like, even prior to that, in outlining, I wanted to know where every character was at every point in this movie. And we knew it was going to be over the course of a night, too. Mm-hmm. So we had from, call it, I think it was 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And then um, I did, like, a little chart, every character on the left, all the times up top. And in every hour, I knew where every character was in the party and what they were doing. And actually, for outlining, that helped a lot, because mm-hmm. if, if you're writing for... I think it was 12 characters, 12, 13 we had in the first draft. Yeah. If you don't know what they're doing and you're just kind of winging it, like, I'm sure some people could do that. I couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I made the giant whiteboard. I took up most of my house and outlined for weeks, figuring out the story, exactly when, what beat would happen when. So you'd map out, in the sense of the story timeline where someone would be every hour of the moment in the film, right? Yeah, even if we weren't going to see it, uh, I thought it was important to know where they were. You know what? I remember, do you remember in editing when we had that scene where we had, like when we get to that part, we'll talk about it, but like we totally missed something because like a person was in We found it though. We found it, (laughs) but like late in the edit, like a character in the film was at two places 
at at the same time, right after mm-hmm. each scene, without any segue. There was that too. I thought you were talking about um, the scene that was right there with um, Jake and Roy. Remember, it was initially in part of the ensemble card game, mm. but then we like cut it out and put it later in the film because right. we had forgotten about that initially too. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably confusing to hear. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that goes wrong, even when you've thought of everything. Like, a week before, we, the, our entire movie is um, in one location here. And one week before we filmed, I had a buddy that drove cross-country, and he crashed on my couch. And somewhere in that cross-country drive, <laughs> he picked up the flu, a stomach oh. flu. And then he came to the house, right as we started rehearsing, like, first day of pre-production, and everyone in the house got sick. And then we had to, we had four days of pre-production. Remember, I had to cancel two of them. And bleach the house. And we had to bleach the house. <laughs> so, like, you're working, you're already, like, we film from pre-production to wrapping, we only had two weeks. So right off the bat there, we had to cancel two days because of the flu and bleaching the house. Yeah. And on the third day when we actually did start, I remember going to pick up the lights, and, like, I was so sick that I couldn't see straight. <laughs> so, like... Uh, filming went off pretty well, but before filming, it, it, it was, was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, yeah. and like even on another note, I got sick, and then the next day my credit card got frauded. So then I didn't oh, yeah. have a credit card to put down on the rental. For the stuff, yeah. <laughs> so we had to get my wife to put down her credit card. And uh, the point I'm trying to make is like a lot of stuff's gonna go wrong, and we'll get more into it. But it's one of the reasons you have to be so prepared going up to filming don't leave stuff till the last minute and this kind of goes to outlining too like how i wanted to know where everyone was at every point in the story even if you weren't going to see them like had we not known that maybe something even bigger would have come up during filming and we've been like shit there's a big flaw in this and you know we need to work this out first and would have eaten up more time on set luckily that didn't happen but yeah if you've got Five months till filming, which you actually do with the movie we're doing right now. Yeah. Get everything out of the way as soon as you can. Work as many hours as you can as soon as you can. <laughs> you need something, some sort of collateral to make a film. You'll need talent or some money to make it. Mm-hmm. And like, I met with a young filmmaker yesterday and he's like, hey, I want to shoot a movie. Do you think you can shoot it for me? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Like, what's your budget? He's like, well, we don't have a budget, but I believe we can make it. And I was like, man. This guy's in for, like, a lesson. <laughs> You're going to learn. Did you believe him when he said that? No, absolutely not. I was like, <laughs> like my man, you have to plan these things. You can't just, like, we're going to wing it and hopefully... It's going to be great. Hopefully the universe gives us some amazing content. <laughs> it's like, no. Um, yeah. But, well, yeah, but, you know, you, you live and learn. So I think we learned, yeah. like, a lot from that experience. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, going back to the original question of writing, like, we did the board in terms of, like, knowing where all the characters were at every time. We did the first draft. I remember I showed it to you, and it was actually an okay roadmap of where we were going. There's, I can't remember who said it, but there's a famous quote of, the first draft of everything is shit, and it's true. So, like, if you write your first draft and it's not good, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Every first draft sucks. It's just the way it goes. And then you do more drafts, you do more drafts, yeah. and it gets better and better. And for party stories, I think we did five in total. Five drafts, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and each one got better and better. And I think we started casting off of the second draft. 
Yeah, for um, the main characters and stuff. Yeah, and you make some pretty drastic changes from your first to your second. I remember in the first draft, uh, there was a couple more characters. We deleted a few mm-hmm. and a couple entire storylines. And when you get to that rewriting process and you do stuff like that, it's it's scary. Yeah. It's like you're ripping out the foundation and you're just expected to be like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> But once you do, it does make for a stronger story. And you just always got to keep in mind, you know, what's going to be the most interesting um, and most true to the story and the tone we're going for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that was pretty much, like, everything from pitching it to you to, like, the initial outline and creation of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't storyboard, like, anything, right? Storyboarded a little bit, but that was that was later on. Okay. Yeah. Because even like I think you storyboarded for your for your sake to remember things. But yeah. Even, even in the shooting, like I don't remember seeing a storyboard. No, but, there weren't that many. <laughs> no. But like we didn't really need that because I think the way we communicate, sorry, just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd done a few previses, and that was mainly. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. So. What do you use for previs, anyways? Oh God. So right here, I'll tell you in a second. The software? <laughs> yeah, it's a software. Uh, Shop Pro. So, like, we'll have this be the last thing for the episode, but one thing I tried to do um, was we didn't have much money to shoot this. Yeah. I'd like to be very upfront about that. I don't like to, you know, say, give false promises, say, you know, you're going to get paid so much and then yank it out. It, it's dishonest and it's not what I like to do. Yeah. But one thing I knew right from the start was with not having money, you had to find a way to inspire people to give it their all. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be two things that people will respond to either. Hey, this is a sweet, huge paycheck. So I'm going to work hard for that. Or yeah. they got to respond to passion and like believing in it. So with these um, previses, I tried to, through the whole thing really, I tried to make it feel as much like a real movie shoot, like we had the most money possible for the actors and the crew, Yeah. because I didn't want them to feel like, oh, you know, I'm just shooting this piece of crap, I'll go in for a few hours, who cares, right? And I think at the end of the day, it worked out, because we had a lot of really good energy on set, and like, yeah. people really dug it. But going back to the previses, like, I wanted to do these, you know, little animatics, so I could show people and be like, hey guys, this is really what I'm thinking. And when you have stuff like that, like it cost me 60 bucks for the program. So it's pretty much nothing. And you spend a little bit of time on it. You have this tangible thing where people can look at it and be like, oh, cool. Like I can see how the camera's going to move. And this little guy on the screen's going to be who I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And you can get kind of people psyched up through that. Um, and we're doing that with this new project too, to an extent. We're casting quite early again and the two lead roles for our next film we actually cast before we even wrote the first draft but it's the same concept of like we know we're not going to have a lot of cash so let's give people a lot of passion and give them something they can really believe in and get stoked for yeah so i think that's really important when you're walking into a movie where you don't have money which you know if you're listening to this you probably don't have money so you should do the same thing (laughs) This is the Broke Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that was off good. the top, so... Yeah, I think we'll... we found it. I like it. Yeah, but once we have money, then this podcast is dead. Yeah, we're just going to delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Get money podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, that was awesome. Uh, Alright, yeah. so if you're listening to this, uh, this is going to be somewhere. Probably SoundCloud, YouTube, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to get it out to you. 
Yes. Um, and you won't know that until you hear this. So once you hear this, subscribe. Uh, and we're going to keep doing this. We're excited to make this venture. Yeah, basically we have a whole list of things. If you're watching on camera, you can probably see right there. have a whole list of subjects we want to tackle. Like I said, right through pitching and creation, all that, like we just talked about, right through the end of filming. So we want to give you like a really in-depth look of everything that we did to make a micro-budget film and hopefully lessons that you can easily just take out of this and use to make your own micro-budget film. And having said that, when this comes out, if there's something we're not talking about, tell us. Tell us. And we'll talk about it. Good comment. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're going to get like a few people in the beginning, so mm-hmm. we're going to read you. your comment. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it. When there's three, we can read those. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. See you later.